President Biden's handling of classified documents. No charges are being recommended. Let's get to David Spun. He's live for us at the Justice Department with the breaking information on this. David. You mentioned it's a lengthy report. It says, quote, in his interview with our office, meaning the special counsel's office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, quote, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president, question mark, and forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began. He did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died and his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Uh, so that might be the reason that we're seeing the lawyer for the president mention that there is an inappropriate aspect to these comments. That is an amazing gladiator, man. One of my favorite movies of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in the arena. Today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024. There are two tiers of justice in this country. Well, you already know that. But what you didn't know is that our federal government makes a special tier for people who have dementia. A very special tier for people who are literally senile. Apparently, you're allowed to have dementia be unfit to stand trial because you can't even remember who you are, when you were vice president, where your son died, but you can have the nuclear codes. Baby, we're gonna cover all of it right now. Robert Hur's report has been dropped and it is a thermonuclear bomb, speaking of people, who shouldn't have the nuclear codes. Joe Biden can't remember when his son died. It's like becoming criminally sad, actually. But there's only one person on earth we would want to discuss this issue with, and that is Donald Trump Jr., who will be joining the show shortly. My name is Benny Johnson, and you are in the arena. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been noticing a problem with Joe Biden for uh, quite a while, actually, for a little bit. Let me try to not cherry pick here, okay? So let me let me give let me let me do something fair for 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 Joe, right? Let me just go back a week and let's go listen to what Joe Biden has to say. During the last, I don't know, few days, Joe Biden went to a brewery. Joe Biden was asked at a brewery to give a speech and Joe Biden decided to speak in a language that wasn't English. Now it's all going to start making sense here what's been going on because now we officially have the official government report on Joe Biden's physical and mental health. But before we had this breaking news that broke just seconds ago, ladies and gentlemen, all we were left to do is to stand and ponder, wonder at what the hell this man was saying. Please observe. The beer brewed here, it is used to make the brew beer. In this, the final. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why he's saying that. Boo, 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 boobs here. The boobs boo here are earth water where the lake snakes. Mint it, carve it into stone, put it on Mount Rushmore. Such passionate, empowering words. Wish I could understand them. I speak English, you know? I'm just one of these guys who speaks the native tongue of America. So I don't speak whatever Joe Biden just said, but people are clapping like lobotomized seals anyway in the audience. I truly believe, I have never gone to a Joe Biden speech, but I believe that there are these giant signs like the Ed Sullivan show. And they say, they bleep, applause, applause, applause. It's the only reason why anyone would ever applaud for that. But there's something so much darker going on here, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just Joe Biden messing up his words or having a stutter, remember that? I'm a kid with a stutter. 
no, no, no. Something's wrong up in the Donkey Kong, up in the man's head. He's been hit with a hammer and that's had horrible damages to him. Like, in fact, as we go through the stages of dementia and some of the symptoms of dementia, uh, hallucinations tops the list. The inability to remember events as they happen, to know where you are living in reality, and to utterly hallucinate what's going on around you. And that's been happening with Joe Biden. Again, we're not digging through the trove of Joe Biden missteps. You can go back to 2012 and find Robin Williams making jokes about Joe Biden having dementia. I mean, you can go back years and find this stuff. This guy's been senile for a long time. We're just talking about last week. Here's Joe Biden this week saying that he had imaginary conversations with a German leader who was actually a French leader who died in 1996. Watch. Uh, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. I was in, I was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back? What if I did the show like this? What if I, what if I was here with one eye going like that? I remember when I danced the Charleston with FDR on the, the deck of the Titanic. Would you tune into the show? Would you think that maybe somebody should call a mental health professional to check in on old Benny? Yeah, you would. Now, having presidents who have diseases of the brain are obviously a bad thing, especially when you're in wartime. And we are in wartime. We're obviously fighting people who hate us, who hate our allies. Hamas is a terrorist organization. They're horrible people. Joe Biden doesn't even remember who Hamas is, doesn't remember who, who we're fighting, right? Like that's really, now it gets really scary. Here's Joe Biden from this week. There is some movement and I don't wanna, I don't wanna, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement, there's been a response from the, uh, the, the, there's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. Who, who are we fighting the Germans? There's been a response from Hitler, Hamas, Hamas. Who are you in love with, Joe? Joe Biden says love is love. But Joe Biden is in love with his vice president? Oh, creepy. Kamala, watch your hair. Watch who's coming up to you from behind, if you know what I mean. Joe Biden says he's in love with Kamala. This week. Let me just say that we're really fortunate to have a real leader, a true friend, and an historic vice president, Kamala Harris. <laughs> I not only ask her to join me, I love her. <laughs> it's a good relationship. She's doing an incredible job. Okay, one final one. Here's Joe Biden attempting to speak English again this week. Again, all these clips are from this week. We just pay attention. Our superpower is being alive and noticing things. Pattern recognition is actually our superpower on this program. Here we go. Joe Biden trying to speak English once more. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get a benefit. What benefit would I get from messing with women in America, Joe? Don't understand that exactly. Maybe someone can explain. Some of the intersectional feminists in the audience there squealing for him. Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, now it seems that the government knew what was going on the entire time. In a brand new bombshell report that was just released, 
by Robert Herr, special counsel looking into Joe Biden's use of misuse of private information, secure and classified information to the federal government. Robert Herr found, of course, that Joe Biden did, in fact, take classified information home, that that information could have been disseminated to Hunter Biden's business partners or anybody actually inside of the Biden crime family. They found out that Joe Biden did actually behave criminally, obviously. This is something you can't do. But that Joe Biden, this is amazing, amazing, that Joe Biden couldn't be prosecuted because Joe Biden doesn't know who he is. According to the special counsel's report, Joe Biden doesn't have the mental capacity to be prosecuted because he doesn't remember his son's death. He doesn't remember the time he had as vice president. Joe Biden doesn't remember who he is, reading to you directly from the report. We've considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would present himself to the jury as he did in the interview as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. It would be difficult to convince a jury to convict him because the president would be well into his 80s and a serious felony requires a mental state of willfulness. Saying that Joe Biden does not have the mental state to actually be president, doesn't have the mental state to stand trial. Joe Biden did not remember when he was vice president. He did not remember even several years when his son Bo died, which he talks about all the time, lies about and says his son died in Iraq. Well, now we can, now we have an explanation for that. His memory appeared hazy when describing Afghanistan debate, which was so important to him. Joe Biden is mentally incapable of being president. We've known this for a while. We obviously are uh, observers of these things. And someone who has been observing this from the campaign trail, somebody who comes from a family that has been calling this out from a thousand yards away, that Joe Biden is unfit for office. And now a family that is vindicated by our own federal government, ladies and gentlemen, the Trump family. Donald Trump Jr. is the son of Donald Trump, the host of Triggered on Rumble, and the executive vice president for the Trump Organization, joins the show now to talk about it. Don, I am just so excited to hear your take on the fact that the federal government has now confirmed that you are right. Because I've heard you on the campaign trail for the last couple of years saying Joe Biden is unfit for office. And now it turns out that Joe Biden's DOJ agrees with you. Yeah, I, I, mean, I pretty much said it before the election of 2020 when I wrote a book called Liberal Privilege about just this sort of things. And I interviewed doctors, including former White House Dr. Ronnie Jackson, uh, talking about what would be the medical implications of the not one, but two brain aneurysms that Joe Biden had. And it was literally statistically, according to him, statistically impossible for there not to be issues. Uh, those have obviously manifest themselves. So we have a obviously highly unbiased uh, Joe Biden DOJ appointed uh, special prosecutor, her, who found the president eight years ago, by the way, when all of this went down, uh, has no memory, is not competent to stand trial for literal crimes, that he was not able to declassify these documents. They were stored all over the garage where he kept his Corvette and where Hunter Biden was living and where Hunter's uh, Chinese partners probably had access and the Penn CCP-funded Joe Biden Center that paid him millions even though he didn't show up, but he thought he did. Uh, and everyone had access, and that's fine. Uh, Donald Trump, they want to put away for 700 years. But Betty, the harder part I, you know, that I can't really reconcile is how can Joe Biden be an elderly man with good intentions who's clearly incapable of remembering these things? How can you also be the leader of the free world? Yes. Uh, the guy that controls the nuclear football, the guy that you're supposed to call at three o'clock in the morning uh, when really bad stuff, uh, the implications of which could be the lives of American servicemen, uh, ordinary citizens, uh, He's elderly and infirm. He doesn't have the mental capacity to know that he willfully neglected uh, to follow the law criminally. They found that. But it's OK because he's old and infirm. How can that leader be the leader of the free world? To me, honestly, and it's not the hypocrisy of that, which we all understand. It, it does seem like there's a further play. Like this has to be 
them actually trying to get Joe Biden out because they understand that he can't win. I mean, it's actually the same lawfare. While, you know, there's both good and bad for Joe Biden, the good is that he doesn't face criminal charges for stuff he should be facing criminal charges for. The bad is that they'll use it to oust him so that they can put in whatever puppet they want at the DNC later on this summer. It's interesting because we have seen lawfare backfire, obviously, with your family and your father. We have this giant kick-ass mugshot in our studio that's four and a half feet tall because it's just so gangster and so awesome. They're not charging Joe Biden. So they're not going to even give Joe Biden the potential bump to say, wow, they're coming after me. What they're doing is what I would argue potentially far more damaging. It seems like you agree that what they're saying here is Joe Biden is clearly unfit to run the lemonade stand down the street and ice cream truck. It's certainly unfit for the hardest job on earth, which yeah, I listen, I said it in my speech. I said it in my speech at Turning Point Action uh, last week in Nevada, and it, you know, if Joe Biden pulled up an Uber, would you get in that car? Like, no way. You, no, you don't. No, no. But, but, but like, it's funny because it's true. But that's the reality. You wouldn't do that if, yes. if your kid was getting in that car. You'd say, no, 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 stop. Uh, we're going to call another sir. We'll call Lyft. We'll call a taxi. Uh, you know, walk. Uh, you know, anything. You wouldn't let him do that. But you're going to make a guy that can't find his way off a stage daily who collapses falling, he falls upstairs, he falls downstairs, he falls on flat surfaces. This is not a man that's there. We understand that. Now, he's okay to remain, you know, the fake leader of the free world as long as whoever's the actual puppet master, whether it's Obama or Valerie Jarrett or Susan Rice or, you know, one of the Marxists actually in charge, that's okay. Once he looks like he's going to start losing, then it's different. So we're going to figure out a way to take him out. I mean, the same evil Marxist, fascist tactics that they're, they've tried to employ against my father, uh, they're probably going to do the same to Joe Biden because he probably shouldn't be in power. I actually agree that he's in mental decline, but they've allowed it to go this far. Sometimes you actually have to reap what you sow. They always seem to be able to get the benefit of the doubt. They always seem to have be able to have the best of all worlds. They never face actual ramifications. And when they get caught, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia was a lie. There's no consequence. It didn't matter. The 51 intelligence agencies and the you know, intelligence officers that signed off saying the Hunter Biden laptop uh, was Russian disinformation. You know, they still all have clearances, uh, even though they blatantly just tried to flaunt the Democrat propaganda, the narrative to be able to get their desired outcome which is essentially having, you know, the Democrats rule Washington, D.C. in a uniparty state. We're seeing that play out this week, obviously, with Mitch McConnell uh, and everything going on with with the border bill. That was like literally the Democrats prior to Mitch McConnell having similar mental breakdowns uh, and similar mental decline. The Democrats wouldn't have even attempted what was this week, the quote unquote, you know, uniparty, bipartisan uh, Democrat dream wish list of 5,000 people. Uh, it, it's a day. It, it, it's insane. But this is what's going on. It's happening regularly. We should be seeing this. These are not, you know, one-off patterns that break exception. The, the, the anomaly is the exception. Each and every day, it's become the norm, and they keep getting away with it. I would like to pin down something that you said earlier, which is they're doing this to hurt Joe Biden. And I agree with you, Don. I agree with you. I think that this is actually far more damaging. And we saw the reports beforehand. They're very worried about the photos. The photos are so devastating. I mean, it's such a dump heap where Joe Biden lives. And if you live amongst disorder, if your home is disorder, it says so much about you morally and physically and mentally. Obviously, if you live among filth, uh, then that means you are yourself a filthy person. But beside all that, like the competency question now a ruling from our own DOJ saying that Joe Biden couldn't even stand trial. Um, this seems, this absolutely, to me, seems like them trying to push him out. Like they're going to declare, they're going to 25th Amendment this guy. 100%. And whether he was competent or not, I think you know, if he was competent, uh, they'd probably say it anyway to try to get him out, given the poll numbers. But make no mistake, this is not about Joe Biden's competency. It's about Democrat control. They want to be able to stick in whoever they think can actually win in there. If it's no, if Joe Biden was leading right now, they would have just said, you know what, we're not charging him. It wasn't intention, whatever it was. And they would have selectively left that part out. Just the way they operate, the way they function, 
you understand that's the case. There's no ambiguity to this anymore. Each and every day, they do exactly this. All of the things that have been conspiracy theories and all the other nonsense that they say for years have all proven to be correct. This is yet another one of them. We're going to see this play out. And this is what they're, this is going to be the first step. You started hearing it when the usual, you know, what we call sort of, you know, the Pentagon leakers, you know, the guys that tell the Washington Post everything the Pentagon wants, you know, we must fund Ukraine. Democracy depends on it. Here's a couple hundred trillion dollars. It doesn't really matter. Well, uh, because that's the objective that they want. All those guys are starting to send the shots across the bow. Maybe Joe Biden, maybe it's time for him to turn it in and yada, yada, yada. They've been hinting at it for a little bit. This is the first true, uh, you know, beyond hint, uh, the first sort of flagrant, maybe shot at Joe Biden. And, I, you know, I, I see that manifesting. Now, I happen to agree with it. I don't think he's competent, but I think the Democrats have also made their bed and now they have to sleep with it. So I just... I mean, I don't want to ever consider, you know, what it would be like sleeping with Joe Biden. Prayers up for Jill, obviously, and her bath curtain dresses. Um, well, changing but, depends. It's got to be difficult in the middle of the night. You know, the, I mean, the White House has staff, but they probably wouldn't bring him in to deal with that. But yeah, no, Jill, Jill can't have it easy right now. Doc, sorry, doc, Betty, sorry. Doctor, doctor, we have to be clear. We have to be clear. Otherwise, we're being... You know, I don't know, PhD ist or something like that. We, we discriminate against those who have doctors and educations, but we have to pretend like they're brain surgeons, you know? So I can't imagine there's a lot of bad things going on in the world. I can't imagine something that would make Joe Biden shit his pants faster than having to debate your dad. I mean, well, on the level, on the level, it seems like you know, your father just went and did like a two hour press conference at the gate of Mar-a-Lago today. Like it was nothing. No notes, no note cards. No pre-scripted questions, just like yeah. the old days, right? Yeah. And they they can't, there's no way that they're, I don't know what they're going to do. What do you think they're going to do to prevent no, the debate? No, no, no way they're going to let them edit. There's no way. They, they, they can't. They can't. You know, they, they, they probably will figure out a way to make sure that Kamala Harris doesn't have to debate because, you know, we knew this four years ago, but, you know, she was... She literally almost makes Hillary likable. It's almost hard to believe. Like, <laughs> but, you know, checked a couple boxes. Therefore, she should be VP, even if she was like at 1% within her own party. You know, that's the reality. Joe Biden couldn't do this week. They would give him a, you know, a puffball thing where he can speak before the Super Bowl. You know, I said, hey, if, if he's not going to do it, let Trump do it. He's the presumptive yeah. nominee. He's the leader of the opposition party. He'll do it in two seconds. And more importantly, the Super Bowl isn't past his bedtime. Uh, which it would be for Joe Biden. But of course, they're not going to do that because we're not just working you know, our ideas versus their ideas. Our ideas worked. What's unique about this election, Benny, is that it's probably the first time that I can remember where you, the American public actually had a chance to experience the policies in action of mm. both candidates. We've had mm. it for three and a half years. It'll be four years, basically, once Joe Biden, once we're at Election Day, and you had four years under Trump. People can see it, not just talk. Because politicians have talked for all of eternity, uh, but actual action. We're used to a politician coming in, running for president, saying these are the things he's going to do. Then they get in office. They don't do any of those things. By the way, that's, that's habitual on both sides. That's not just Republican or Democrat. That's you know, indicative of the system in which they operate. But now you have someone, you have Joe Biden's four years, and you have Trump's four years. And that's why you see the turnaround in so many demographics. People are like, you know what? It was better under Trump. You can't hide from it anymore. No amount of suppression, no amount of censorship by big tech or the mainstream media, no amount of lies to your face saying Bidenomics is really working for you can actually influence people's decisions on this because mm. you can't get people to not believe their lying eyes. They see it. I'm the son of a billionaire. And if I go to my kids and take them, you know, have them on the weekend and I take them to a fast food place, if I have sticker shock at normal everyday purchases, Benny. If I have sticker shock, what's it doing to the average family working their ass off to make fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year? They're getting crushed and they know it. They can be indifferent to politics. They know it's different now. They feel it every day. You can't cover for that. There's no amount of suppression that big tech can do. There's no amount of lies and whispers that the mainstream media can do to cover for that. So they got to come up with another way. That's why they're using lawfare. Now, it seems like they're actually indirectly using lawfare against Joe Biden. They give him a cush deal on this. He goes unpunished, but they throw the zinger in it. Like, if he's not capable to stand trial for something basic that he did, by the way, eight years ago when he was far more competent. And you don't have to listen to me. Just listen to his speeches 
perhaps when he was a senator or when he was a VP, you know, it's a different guy. It's not the same. So, that, you know, there's clearly an undertone to all of this uh, that that is not uh, not as good for Joe Biden as many uh, would probably believe. What a great point that you made. I've never heard that point made. That's a spectacular point that this is the first election in American history where both candidates, their policies have been a lived experience by the electorate. That is yeah. such a fantastic point that never happened before, actually. And yeah, it, and name, such... name a single metric, name a single metric, just pick one, whether it's uh, peace, whether it's wars, whether it's inflation, whether it's, you know, real income, not, you know, or how about job numbers, not the ones when they adjust it the following quarter and they adjust it down like, you know, and, and for 12 times in a row now, there are, or 11 of 12 times they've been adjusted down. So they get the headline, they get to run with that for a couple of weeks, then they adjust it down. It turns out it's actually a bad number, but no one's going to report on that because it's not, you know, that's not doing the bidding of the Democrat Party. You know, you, you can't, there's not a single metric, economic or otherwise, where Americans are better off. I mean, you saw last week was, you know, Snoop Dogg comes out, it's like, you know, in 2017, he did a video doing a drive-by <laughs> of Donald Trump because, you know, hey, his record label approved of that. The mainstream media would carry it and say he's doing wonderful things. He's saving democracy by doing a drive-by of the president of the United States. Even he comes out and he says, you know, I, I don't know. I got nothing but love for Trump because he knows it's better under Trump. And more importantly, he knows that a lot of the people that support Snoop, the people who buy his music, his, his base, politically or otherwise, they get it too now. And he, he's not going to go against those people. He understands. It was really easy to go against people when you're saying, hey, hypothetically, it was probably a lot worse. But now you've seen what Democrat Party policies do. You see what they have done to our country. You see what it's done to the demographics and those people. And you see a seismic shift of people coming over, whether it's Hispanics, whether it's African-Americans. No one can vote for this Democrat nonsense where it seems, you know, they are. What was it today? Uh, the senator from Connecticut. No, our number one priority, the people that matter most to the Democrat Party are the illegals that are coming here. Undocumented Americans. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, that's like, you're saying it out loud? You're, you're like, literally, like, I, I, I'll, I'll talk about it later uh, on my Triggered podcast on Rumble. Like, I'm going to, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, those are the people that not like the Democrat people who live in America, like, I, or, <laughs> or Americans. Like, now, so there's, there's no question that we've been living as second-class citizens in our own country for quite some time. If you're guys like you and me, and we do this every day, and we look at the policies, like they're doing live interviews, being like, "No, no, no, the people that matter the most are the undocumented." It's like, well, because the people who are documented and who've lived through your policies and have suffered under them are no longer voting for you, so we're just going to supplant them. We're going to take, we're just going to take them out of the equation, and we're going to bring in millions of more people who are in many cases, incapable of taking care of themselves. They will be put on a system. They will be put on a program. They will be Democrat voters for life because there's a, there's a policy of dependency. If you are a permanent dependent, if you are dependent on big government and they give you a little something to get by, you will be a Democrat voter. There's no question. It is a culture of dependency in today's Democrat Party. Once people get off of that and they were like, wait a minute, I can actually do a little bit better, as many of them did. The lowest income earners did better under Trump. They saw real wage growth for the first time. Those people are like, wait a minute, you know, maybe the Democrats have been lying to me all this time. Because, of course, they have. That's exactly what they've been doing. But now they're actually starting to see through it. The policies are so bad. The results are so bad. Now that you've experienced both parties, you've experienced it under Trump, you experienced it under Biden, and you experienced it under Trump even after weaponizing COVID. And you're still like, no, 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 Trump is still far better off. That scares the hell out of the Democrats. They are in a tailspin and they don't know what to do about it other than supplement their voter base with people who will be permanent Democrat voters. It seems like some of the more permanent Democrat voters are now abandoning the I mean, they better ship yeah. in as many as they possibly can. 50 Cent is up here saying it's time for Trump. Stephen A. Smith today is yeah. like, Trump's going to win. Trump's going to win, and he deserves to win. Democrats deserve to lose, he says. And yeah, well, and Stephen A. Smith, like, last week was like, I'm going to debate Trump. And, he, like, even he's like, okay, now they're giving New Yorkers <laughs> $57 million to illegal. $57 million. Like, we're kicking out veterans. And, like, I, I, 
hardworking people that are retired. We're kicking them out of retirement homes. We're kicking children out of their schools to house and pay illegals just to be present. We're going to give, we're going to take, we're going to give them millions of dollars. Now, we don't have millions of dollars to actually get our kids decent educations. We can send them to, you know, radical indoctrination camps where they have the benefit of becoming trans or something like that. They won't actually learn English or math, minor details. That doesn't matter anymore. But you can't hide from it anymore. Stephen Smith last week was being a hater. Now he sees some of these policies. <laughs> and even those who want to do the bidding of the Democrat Party, and ESPN's totally guilty of that. Like, I remember when ESPN was, like, actually did sports. Yes. You know, now it's a, you know, it's a Democrat super PAC for the last few years. But the policies of the Democrat Party are so bad that even a, like a hater like Stephen Smith is like, uh, okay, like, I, I, I'm, it's over. I, I, I give up. I, you, you can no longer protect these people because they're doing nothing to actually help the actual people of America. You are second class citizens in your own country right now if mm. you live here. I have a clip that I never thought I'd have the honor of playing for you, Don, but what a world. What timeline are we living in? Here's The Rock complimenting a a footage of you because you were walking out with your father, Madison Uh, Square Garden, Tucker, Kid Rock, you, and they play the clip on screen. And The Rock's like, The Rock's like, hot damn. I love that. I love that family. Trump goes big. I got to get your response to this. Maybe some of our viewers haven't seen it. An unbelievable moment in the timeline where The Rock straight up praises the Trump family. Don Jr. in this clip. Let's go. And the wrestler. Donald Trump, he has a long history with WWE. What does it mean that both the WWE audience and the UFC audience seem to have such an appreciation or celebration of Donald Trump? Red states we sell out, blue states we sell out. It's not what we're focused on. What we're focused on are the, is the in-ring product and how it delivers to the fans. And if politicians are fans of our product, they're welcome. You got The Rock. You want Donald Trump back in the ring at WWE? Listen, I mean, <laughs> Rock against Donald Trump, I don't know how well that would work out in the ring for Donald Trump. <laughs> how, how, about, how about that ovation he gets, though, when he comes out? I know President Donald Trump taking his octagon side seat for UFC. Oh, big, big ovation. Trump, yeah, yeah, no question. That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's incredible. A lot of friends who've achieved... Okay, so what's yeah. your what do you what say you to the Rock as well, he no, as he compliments I, you and your dad? I I agree with him. Like by the way, you <laughs> I, I've gone uh, listen. I've been I, I think I was at UFC two. Like I you know I, I was there one, one of the fights. Tank Abbott was saving a seat for his girlfriend by leaving his dentures on the seat next to me. Uh, you know, like and I was that was the placeholder. Like we've been on there and we've been fans for for a long time. And you know, I went out to the original Madison Square Garden back. It was Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz fight like two, three years ago when my father was still president. And, you know, the media was like, oh, yeah, some guy's like screaming in his phone, like, boo. And it, it literally the other 25,000 people in attendance, it went wild. Dana goes to me and he goes, I've never seen anything like it. That was incredible. He's like, we're in New York. Miami was like, I mean, just insane. And he, like now even they, even they couldn't pretend like there was something negative. It, those are people that get it. It was, it was interesting because I watched the demographic of sort of the fight community. You know, these are guys... Even the ones that you think are haters, like, they, they text me. They're friends. They're like, they go back and forth. They may play a game, but, you know, you're getting in a ring and you're an individual. You're the guy. There's no blaming other people. There's it. You're one-on-one with your opponent. And that stands so much in line with our conservative values and so much of the things that we actually believe in. That, that whole community and, frankly, all of the people that watch it, for the most part, you know, are going to be conservatives. They also are smart enough to get it and understand what's actually happening. You know, The Rock now sitting on the board of both WWE and UFC, the sort of the combined entities, like he understands that's the fight they face. That's the fan. And this is someone that they were, you know, trying to recruit to possibly run, you know, as a Democrat against Trump because they also realized Joe Biden, this was happening last year. Uh, So, you know, it's great to have that acknowledgement. But more importantly, honestly, it's great just to have, the honesty about the situation, as opposed to, you know, mm. the New York Times runs with the clip of the one guy booing into his phone, despite the fact that, like, even Dana White, who's done this, you know, a few hundred times, it's going to be UFC 300 in a couple of weeks, like, you know, say that's the biggest thing I've ever seen, you know, in, in a walkout. And yet they'll run it as though he was booed because one guy's yelling in his stream and that's the one that they'll pick up because there's no intellectual honesty anymore in the media. It's why they have basically uh, almost less credibility than Congress. They're not doing 
they're not doing journalism, right? They're, they're doing activism, and there's a difference. It's gotten so ridiculous that people understand that one too. So all of these institutions, they're not doing themselves any favors because they're making themselves irrelevant because they've eroded their credibility so badly over the last few years that there's really none left. So there's room for the rock and the MAGA movement. Oh, yeah. Listen, we're, we're, we are, honestly, unlike the Democrats, we're actually, uh, you know, a big wide open tent. You know, if you go against the Democrat policy, even a little bit, if you disagree with them on one thing, how, how often do they eat their own? We are more than willing to have these conversations. We are more than willing to bring in people, every race, gender, ethnicity, whatever it may be, you know, on an equal footing to have these conversations. It's only the Democrats that are the ones that will cancel you. They're the ones that have been playing the cancel culture card forever. They're the ones that if they disagree with what you can be the greatest leader of one of their movements. If you go out of lockstep with what they're doing, I, I always use Martina Navratilova as sort of the example. You know, this was a, one of the most accomplished female tennis players in the world ever. Uh, she knew, knew our family growing up. She's since became a Trump hater because she's a super Democrat. Uh, she's obviously a lesbian and she championed, uh, you know, the LBG, at least LBG before there was ever even a T movement for 35 years, which is about 30 years prior to it being cool, to it making you like beyond reproach because the now with the T component, now that's the most privileged class in probably world society, but certainly in American society, you, you can do no wrong if you're the T. And she said, I, I don't know, as one of as a lesbian advocate for that movement and everything, she said, I don't think, you know, trans people should be playing against women and men who are born biologically have advantages. And I don't think they should play against women in tennis or other sports. And the, the trans mafia goes after her and basically cancels her. So 35 years of staunch activism before it was cool, when there was still so, a social consequence against, not for. That just gone. That history, yeah. that timeline, it's like it didn't exist. If you took on the trans mafia, you were out. Uh, and, you know, people are understanding that. They, they see the hypocrisy of today's left and they're realizing it's nonsense. Just like the same people who are screaming about fascism for the last seven years are acting awfully a lot like fascists. They are locking up their political opposition. They are trying to jail them. They are canceling them. They are silencing them. Uh, you know, I understand, you know, I'm not the upstanding human being that Hunter Biden is, but I feel like I've probably been treated slightly differently given, uh, given uh, you know, well, what he actually did versus what I allegedly did that they wanted to try me for treason, a crime punishable by death. I take that one a little bit personally for obvious reasons, but like they, you know, they keep using this word fascism. And I'm like, I don't think you understand what it actually means because you're acting awfully a lot like those uh, you're, you're, you're claiming are fascist. So you say you like UFC because it's one-on-one, -on -one, right? One person versus another person. Yet you say that Joe Biden will not face off against your father and Kamala Harris won't even debate. So in the VP yeah, debate- There's zero chance. Who, they, they wouldn't do it. Like VP debate. Who, who do you want? Stage. Who would you want though, Don? Want, who would you oh, want though, Don? Representing the ticket- VP? As VP, oh. yes. Well, all right, this is selfish. Well, I think he'd be great across the board, but- Tucker Carlson, because all I want for Christmas is the Tucker Carlson, Kamala Harris vice presidential <laughs> debate. You know, when, like literally that's but like I said, I think he'd act, I, like he's a he's a very personal friend. Like, I, you know, I, like I, I like uh, agree with him but virtually everything policy wise. It's one of the few people that I actually don't have many disagreements. And when we talk, I'm like, uh, we, we're, we're very simpatico, you know, politically. But. My, my selfish motivation, there's others that could be great. I love a J.D. Vance, and there, you know, there's a few other guys that would be great. I just want to see that debate. That's, that's all I need from, uh, you know, from uh, Tucker Carlson as vice president, although I think he'd be amazing uh, across the board. So final question for you, Don. I know you got to run to your podcast, but this has been breaking news. Probably the biggest news inside the Republican Party this week has been Ronna McDaniel with the RNC. And there's a big story that she's going to resign. It's going back and forth. Uh, your father said there's got to be some changes at the RNC. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Who would you like to see become RNC chairperson? Um, and your takeaway on the current state of the party? Well, listen, I think you need it. I, you know, I, when, I, when I do my podcast today, I'm doing it uh, with you know, uh, Ken Paxton, Attorney General of Texas. We're going to be talking. I'm actually going to do it at 8 o'clock today. Normally, I'm at 6, but obviously with Tucker doing Putin at 6, I was like, you know what? I'll probably... 
Uh, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to take away from Tucker's ratings. I think that's important. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe we don't get in the way of that freight train. And he's a friend, so I'm going to leave him alone. I'm not going to compete. But uh, you know, Tucker's I think like Paxton has a lot of important things. So I'll be live on Rumble at eight. Uh, but no, it's a. Uh, it needs to change. I mean, I, I follow. You know, my live stream, a, a bunch of my shows. I'll just do the. Hey guys, ask me anything. And you know, mm-hmm. you, you get usual trolls sometimes in the feed. But like, a lot, hey, what's going on with the RNC? How do we donate to you without the RNC? Uh, they've let down a lot of the base, right? And, you know, it's sort of, you know, there's the 168 members of the RNC and they vote in private about what's going on and everyone takes care of themselves and half the people are on the payroll. It's not good corporate governance. And we're going into an election year and, you know, uh, it's it's time for a change. We've seen that for quite some time. You know, it's a big shift to move around quickly, but I I think that's important. And honestly, it's probably, if you want my actual opinion, this is where I'll get myself in trouble. It's also not just, the top. I think you, you gotta you gotta get some systematic change, right? It's not like, hey, mm. if you remove Christopher Ray from the FBI, you know, there's still a lot of institutional stuff that still believes exactly the same thing. I, I think we have to understand, you know, the, the Republican Party isn't the party of Liz Cheney or Mitt Romney anymore, or uh, or anyone else. It's different, and we need people at every level in there to understand that the America First movement is what the Republican Party has become now. It's, mm. you know, it's the party of Trump. It's not old school Republican. It's America first conservatives. And, and that's different. I, I think you need to have some change because if you don't, you know, maybe you get some of the big donors back and the, you know, a couple of the billionaires, they'll write their check because they still have whatever control they have. But, you know, the party really now represents the grassroots. It represents the hardworking men and women of this country. And, you know, I think they need to see a lot of that for them to have the confidence to come back and to give, you know, the the mechanism, the RNC, the mechanism that should be dealing with, you know, a lot of the stuff going on with the voter. Now, obviously, you have guys like, you know, uh, Charlie Kirk and you have, you know, Tommy Hicks working with a couple of guys to do sort of the things that the RNC should probably be focusing on in terms of voter reg, in terms of get out the vote, in terms of uh, making sure we stop some of the insanity and the lawfare that we'll be dealing with. But, you know, that mechanism is supposed to come from the RNC, but you're not going to have buy-in from the working class Americans you know, w- without this shift happening. So, you know, it, it, it's time. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it's happening now. Uh, and, you know, I, I just hope there's enough time uh, that people have confidence then uh, in whoever's going in there to be able to get back on track. You got 10 months to an election. And again, it's a big yeah. shift. You, yeah. You know that you can't wake up two weeks before the election and say, why didn't you do X, Y, Z? We, we got to get going now. And I think we need those people to come back to understand that. Any favorites? For the running, you know, there's a guy. I don't. I don't want to. Say, I, you know, obviously, I, I know of some of the stuff going on. I don't. I don't want to get ahead of, uh, you know, get get ahead of that. Uh, you know, as much as I like to break news, I also don't betray trust. Uh, something else we don't see too often in the Republican Party. So let's let's give them a little bit of time. But I, I know, I imagine we'll be seeing some stuff in the next couple of days. Party of Trump, final shot. Here we go. Little pump. Who I know, you know, rapper. Hi. Just got this tattoo. Very important tattoo, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, wait, this is not Little Pump. This is a different rapper that actually got a tattoo. Hold up, Royce, pop it up. Little Pump got a very crisp, clear, giant Donald Trump mugshot tattoo on his leg. And I want your thoughts and your your word of advice to young men that want to get giant Donald Trump mugshot tattoos on their thigh. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm all for it because I love a good troll, but, uh, you know, it, it's pretty amazing. But no, but again, that's... That's what's going on, right? And then you see him, you know, 50 Cent said what he said about what's going on. Hey, we need Trump back. It's, like, it's, it's time. And, you know, Little Pump's jumping in. I mean, these are guys, you know, even a couple of years ago, you just said there's no chance that even if they were in favor of Trump policies, they'd never say the quiet part out loud. Now they're free to engage on social media to their tens of millions of followers. And they're like, nope, I'm all in. It doesn't matter. You know, Little Pump was an early adapter. And I think he was the brother, probably one of the first uh, to do this. He did this even the last election cycle and he got it, but he's proven, he's been proven right. He took a risk, but he was right. He saw what was going on and now the whole world sees what's going on and the lies that they've been fed. So, you know, uh, we're, like I said, we're a big tent. We're, we're all inclusive uh, for anyone who wants to just break away from, you know, those shackles of the Democrat party and just blindly voting for policies that have been disastrous for your communities. You don't have to do that, folks. Like you don't have to sign off to your own demise. In fact, the American system was designed to do exactly the opposite of that. You know, we fought big wars about just that. So I think we're in a 1775 moment, maybe 
1776 yet, but you know, we're, we're breaking into 1776 right now in terms of not having to conform to the general norms of what we've been told we have to conform to. People are sick of it and they want essentially revolution in terms of what they're getting from their parties. Baby, if you're looking at revolution, you're looking at a major, the greatest backfire in American politics history. Yeah. Donald Keep Trump putting mugshot. him on a mugshot, folks. Keep putting him on a mugshot. <laughs> you know, I've never Keep been like, you know, I'm like the first son of anyone ever that's like cheering for like another indictment, okay? Because it's like, we all know it's nonsense. So like, just do it again, folks. Do it again, please. Because how amazing time, is it? They're just overplaying their hand. It's like, people are like, oh, I get it now. Oh, you are right. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sort of interesting. I mean, I actually, Benny, for what it's worth, it was sort of interesting because, you know, you saw it from you know, African-American men, but they all say, you know, the women were reluctant to do it. I was going through the airport uh, earlier this week uh, with Kim. We were actually going up to D.C. And a, a group of African-American flight attendants were like, hey, oh, my, Junior, you, are you flying with us? And I wasn't, but, I, you know, I, I fly commercial all over the place, a couple hundred thousand miles a year. And they, they were like, Trump 2024, baby, Trump 2024. And it, like, it was the first time. And I've seen it plenty from men, very much so from all of the Hispanic community. But it was one of the first times we're out in public, not just someone making a conversation like, hey, I'm going to feel you out. But you were African-American women were just very vocally in front of a lot of people be like, we're voting for you guys. Enough of this crap. And I was like, you know, I know that's not statistically important, but if that's happening to me on a one off on a random day, trust me, it's going on around the country. People are waking up and they get it. I just deeply appreciate your time on the program, Don. It's always amazing to talk to you. First time ever, we've had multiple rappers with multiple giant <laughs> yeah, tattoos like, of your like, dad's face. Yeah, like what's going we on? actually miss. We're like, no, no, the other one. Sorry, yeah, not that I one. Like That's another. That I don't have a Donald Trump tattoo on my thigh yet. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, my, my chicken legs are you know, probably not the best place for a Donald Trump tattoo, but like you know. Well, uh, whatever. I may have to rethink this one. I don't know. <laughs> Don, you may be get, maybe the next guy in line. You never know. It's all the rage, Don. Thank well, you. Godspeed. We're praying for you, man. Be good. No, not that. Not that rapper getting the mugshot. The other rapper getting the giant two-foot-long mugshot of Donald Trump on his thigh. Amazing. The big takeaways there, ladies and gentlemen, is that Don Jr., who's a man who definitely knows a thing about a thing, is saying that this is the federal government acting against Joe Biden. Again, if you're joining us late, Robert Herr, special counsel's DOJ report states that Joe Biden is mentally unfit to stand trial. Therefore, Joe Biden is, by definition, mentally unfit to be president. So he can't remember who he is. This The report straight up says, can't remember who he is, doesn't even remember his own vice presidency, wouldn't be able to prove that he has willful competency of where he's left his documents, doesn't remember the death of his son, which is like so un, like cripplingly sad, actually. And that you wouldn't be able to convince a jury that he doesn't have dementia. He's not senile. So what does that mean? Well, geez, ladies and gentlemen, it means that he's unfit for office of the presidency. Now, the news that Don Jr. just broke is, one, he wants Tucker as vice president. I think that was pretty good. And two, that the DOJ are going to declare him senile. They're going to 25th Amendment this dude. They're going to say that this guy's senile. I mean, look at these headlines. Here's a headline today. This is the most read article in the world on this topic. Joe Biden's own DOJ says he's elderly man with poor memory, damning classified document probe reveal he forgot when his son died and he forgot he was vice president. He left the files for Afghanistan in a dog bed in his garage. We have the photos here, ladies and gentlemen. And I think it's really important to um, sort of not miss something, ladies and gentlemen, which is this. If you are an ALX, grab me the, grab me the actual, like the, the, the photos we tweeted because it, it is a filthy garage, right? Like Joe Biden's a multimillionaire. How'd he get all the money? Who knows? His salary's only been 70 grand a year. How's he become a multimillionaire? How's he had multiple beach houses? Nobody knows. We're not sure, but he does. So Joe Biden's a rich guy, higher made, 
But here's the way that Joe Biden lives. And I guess this is like an allegory for life itself. Is that if you allow yourself to live amongst filth, filthy garage, <laughs> you go to the back, you can see like the, you can see the, uh, the old treadmill sitting there. The classified docs were kept in a, the classified docs were kept in a dog bed, filthy dog bed. Look at all this crap. Look at all these flowers and all this garbage, all this filth everywhere. Like you're a rich, successful guy. You just no reason to live like this. However, ladies and gentlemen, orderliness is close to godliness. If your life is a mess, if you are morally a mess, if you are morally filthy and mentally cluttered and hazy, if your entire life's been a lie, right? Joe Biden had to ran for president like 50 times, had to drop out every time because he lied about his background. He lied about where he went to school. He plagiarized. Joe Biden himself had to drop out of the race in 2018 because he called Barack Obama clean and well-spoken. Oh, a clean black guy. That storybook, man. That's what Joe Biden said, along with many other things. Can't go to a Dunkin' Donuts without an Indian accent. Oh, okay. Looking forward to Vivek debating on Joe Biden on that one. What's the point? The point is that Joe Biden is a is a moral, morally repugnant person. He's a filthy guy. He lives amongst filth. His home is dirty, cluttered. His brain is dirty and cluttered. And he's not the kind of person you want running your country because, quite frankly, that person is a reflection of all of us. Say what you will about Trump's properties. They're immaculate. You ever been to one? You eat off the floor. You can see yourself in the shine on the spoons when you have dinner there. Reflection. Joe Biden lives in filth, in a dump heap. And I guess that's the question for the country in 2024. Like, who are we as a nation? Uh, are we a filthy, are we a cluttered, disheveled, illegal na a nation that allows criminality and illegality? Are we a filthy, diseased place to live? Or do we want a different system and a different group of people to run this place? And compare and contrast, this is what Donald Trump's places look like. It's slightly different than the treadmill in the corner and the dog bed full of hair and your classified Chinese documents. Slightly different, I'd say. Ladies and gentlemen, we can make America greater again. Cleanliness is close to godliness. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, uh, well, it's time for a revolution in this country. It's time for a renaissance. It's time for a uh, good old-fashioned revival here in the arena. It's your boy, Benny. We're fighting right alongside you. See ya.